When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blessed ween to all, and to all some good ween. It's System Mastery's new ween spectacular, as we discuss a couple of new games of a semi-spooky nature, before returning to our regularly scheduled programming. This week, we're in the pipe 5x5, five five because it's game over, man. It's game over. We're discussing Alien by Free League Publishing, and it's up to us if we want this game to mostly be on our table. Mostly. Or, to get away from our table, you bitch! Also, we've got some ween stuff to do, or as we like to call it, ween-tivities. So get in the spirit as we commit this game to the void with a glad heart. It's System Mastery! That last one was from Alien 3. Wiener skates. Ween. Review newer games. John, the customary three blessings of Ween to you. Oh, and the many blessings of Ween to you as well. Oh, I see. You're a reform Weenist where you've got more than three customary blessings. Look, let's not fight. (laughs) I don't think we should. Let's just bless each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that's acceptable. Let's just bless this Ween. (laughs) Yes, let's lay hands upon this Ween together how dare you lay hands on my ween in the spirit of communal friend friendship uh we have a couple of announcement masteries to start with this week that's right so uh each one of us has one and we'll just do them in order and as always if you'd like to do an announcement mastery you can just go to our website and purchase one for 75 paltry small little dollars uh there's a give us some money button on the top tab at systemmasterypodcast.com that'll guide you through the process Otherwise, let's get started. John, would you like to go first? Of course, I would love to go first. Mm, absolutely. Please do. As is tradition. As is tradition. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely tradition that you go first. Yes, on and, ween. And, and I don't go at all. Oh, I go first on the ween. <laughs> Jamming on the ween. <laughs> you get sloppy seconds on this ween. <laughs> hey, have you ever been curious about what a gaming podcast would look like if it were a bit more Irish? Probably much better than what I'm going to sound like when I do an Irish accent. (laughs) We are the Adventuring Party, a group of Irish tabletop gamers who've been producing a weekly podcast for the past 13 years. While generally dealing in RPGs, we have strong thoughts on CCGs, board games, and war games from time to time, and we're not afraid to let those thoughts fly. You can expect to see an off-the-cuff conversational confrontational tone you'd expect from a pub argument after a boring convention. A variety of Irish accents, opinions sent out with no evidence, anecdotal evidence, and theoretical evidence. Deep theory juxtaposed with pub thoughts. Repeated lies that we will stop covering 5e any day now. A backlog of 700 episodes stretching all the way back to the misty ages of 2009. Whew. A selection of short, small brewery reviews. You can find all our episodes on our website at theadventuringparty.net. That's, for those of you that love the full address, http colon slash slash theadventuringparty.net slash. (laughs) Now, I don't believe they specifically requested that you do an Irish accent. Ah, fuck (laughs) them. 
Uh, from there, you can find links to our YouTube channel and our Discord server. All reasonable folks are welcome. We've already got a worldly assortment of people chatting about our podcast and gaming in general. Come listen to us talk about gaming the Irish way. A cho-cha-chee-cha-chee-cha-cho. I'm sure they did not request the Simpsons leprechaun joke. <laughs> oh, no, that's at the end. It says a cho cha chicha chai cha cho <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Nor should you. Never believe me. Why, that's just a, a little trick here on the ween. A little tricky ween for you. <laughs> anyway, what do you have to read? Uh, do you ever go to your local game store? Never. Or- I, it's true. I don't like the one that's my local one. I like the slightly farther away one. I like the less local game store. <laughs> Do you ever go to your local game store only to find out they don't have what you want? Aw. Do you wish that prices were 5% lower and that 5% of your order went to System Mastery's own Jeff and John? I do. Yeah. If so, go to ValhallaHobby.com and use code SM22 to check out for 5% off your first purchase of $100 or more until the end of 2022. That's right. You've got months to deal with this. Wait, hold on. What was that code? That code was SM22. Where do they go? ValhallaHobby.com. Nice. Yeah. 5% 5% off in, uh, if you have a purchase of at least $100 or more, and that's a great chance to get your nerdly holiday shopping done is what that is, because it lasts to the end of 2022. You're goddamn right. Join Jeff in painting Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures. It's true, I have been. I'm, I'm rounding the horn on finishing up an X-Men army just so for So goddamn John. many. Yeah. I finished my own uh, uh, Midnight Suns and Wizards, and I've started up on X-Men for John to use. Yay. Yeah, so it's a good time. Or... Expand and expound your Star Wars Legion, which my dad just got into. Ooh. Get your ween on with creepy Malifaux models. Check out the mystical whimsy of Moonstone the Miniatures game or the small-scale sci-fi of Drop Zone Commander. Books more your style? Pick up hit classics such as the Dungeon Meister Cookbook. That's right. That's game right. stores in other states, they got our books. Come on, California. Uh, try the Sentinel Comics RPG, The Other Side, or Numenera. Limit one use per customer. Valhalla Hobby only ships in the United States. Don't see what you want? Shoot us an email at shop at comicsgamesandthings.com. Now, once again, that's shop at comicsgamesandthings.com if you want to email them. But really, what you really want to do is just go to that website, valhallahobby.com, and use that code SM22. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's two of us. (laughs) Twice. There's two of us, and we both love S and M. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're into. Uh, and as always, I will have links to all this stuff on the uh, episode page itself and also on our Twitter so you can follow along and uh, check out these fine folks purchasing ads from us. Otherwise, though, I think it's time to wean out and get the show going. It's time to get the wean out. Uh-huh. So uh, so let's expose that wean to the light. Wait, that's What too- are we, red hot chili peppers? That might be a little too far. You know, they at least, at least tuck them into socks let's usually. Let's sock that wean. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> And get started. We'll see you on the other side of the music. Hey, John, you want to set a record today? Eh, sure. For like how long we can go without actually mentioning the game at all? Oh, please. Because it's time to eat this cheap shit. (laughs) I was going to say, please, we already have a record of never actually talking about a game. (laughs) Okay, fine. A non-April Fool's joke. (laughs) But no, this is going to be a quick one. Uh, I figured we'd do a little ween edition of Who Drinks This Cheap Shit, because I have some mystery Mountain Dews. Hell yeah, a little voodoo. And I have no idea, what because it, it's a mystery flavor. I'm hoping for pumpkin. Mm, nope, not even a little bit. I'm getting on the nose of that. I'm getting maybe some kind of pink lemonade, maybe? That could very well be. 
Maybe raspberry Mountain lemonade? Mountain Dew has been full on just doing whatever recently. Oh, it's, Mountain it's... Dew doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Mountain Dew has gone full Oreos in that they're like, I don't care. Put yeah, out anything. Put out just fucking whatever. It used to be, I was like, I like Baja Blast just fine. That's an okay flavor. That's fine. But then like, I... I took my daughter to a pumpkin patch recently that was near a Buffalo Wild Wings around lunchtime, and I was like, fine, Buffalo Wild Wings, let's see. And they have one called Mountain Dew The Legend, and it's Blackberry Ginger Mountain Dew. Yeah, no, they've started putting out exclusive flavors for various places, and it is amazing to me that they're just like, yeah, any flavor you want. You want, like, plums and dick? There you go. That's the exclusive <laughs> flavor for AMPM. Yeah, it's called Voltage or something. Just figure it out. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I've just tried my my own sip of Mountain Dew Voodoo, and it tastes like nothing so much as just nerds, <laughs> like like the candy, the candy, not like nerds who mostly <laughs> it tastes like nerds. Yeah, they mostly taste like salt and regret. But but this this is pretty much just candy. Hmm. I'm trying to get anything out of this that isn't just candy. It tastes exactly like citric acid flavored sour candy. Like if you were to eat just a loose mouthful of Skittles, that's what this would be. Where you don't, like, properly organize them by flavors and then build combinations correctly. I mean, I definitely feel there's some amount of berry in there that they are going for. I'm sure that's what it's supposed to be, yeah. I'm going to say, hmm, I mean, it's not, it's not the raspberry lemonade that I thought on the sniff. No. But I definitely think it's a raspberry something. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, it's definitely like a mixed berry, but with a, with a citrus hit, too. Yeah. But then again, that's like three quarters of these fucking magic extra flavors of Mountain Dew is some berries and some citrus. <laughs> berries and cream. Berries and cream. <laughs> when are we going to get the one that just tastes like cream? <laughs> Let me get that heavy cream Mountain Dew, please. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Mountain Dew Udders. <laughs> Whole unpasteurized Mountain Dew. <laughs> Fresh from the teat. Rip it and sip it. Mmm, <laughs> chunky. <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe that'll be our special flavor of Mountain Dew when we finally franchise that out. Look, uh, the the company that makes Mountain Dew, I want to say Coke. Uh, get in, <laughs> I want to say Coke. Get in touch with us, and uh, yeah, I think it's Coke or no, it's Pepsi. Mellow Yellow is the 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 Coke equivalent, isn't it? Yeah, if you uh, if you want to get in touch with us and work on a flavor, we think heavy cream Mountain Dew is ready for its time in the sun. <laughs> a little too much time in the sun, in fact. I think that sounds delightful. Yeah. Otherwise, it's inconclusive. This really is a mystery. It tastes like fucking nerds. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, in my head, I'm thinking, <sighs> raspberry something? Raspberry, it's raspberry, <laughs> it's raspberry citrus. something. It's raspberry citrus of some kind. That sounds right. Anyway, you want to talk about Alien now? Sure, this might as well. This Who Drinks This Cheap Shit. Hell yeah. So, the Alien role-playing game by Free, uh, Free League Publishing. Mmm. I forgot to check the specific year it came out. Do you have that info? Uh, sure, I can find it real fast for you. I bet it you can. It came out in the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, like I said, new ween for sure. And uh, this is a fairly sprawling game that it definitely took us all two weeks to read at, at 400 pages on the nose. It's, it's a big honker of a book. Oh, there's big honkers here. <laughs> big honkers and unshorn bushes. <laughs> If I remember anything about the Alien franchise. And I don't. I, literally, like, the one thing I remember about the Alien franchise is that Sigourney Weaver fought tooth and nail to not shave on request ah. for, for all the scenes when she was in the tiny underwear. She's like, no, fuck it. You're going to see the entire bush. The top part, the bottom part, the part coming out the sides. 
the part that looks like sideburns, all of it. <laughs> You're gonna see my little topiary animals. <laughs> You're gonna be like, wow, does that was that lady's vagina a Civil War general? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, is that mulberry? Because I'm pretty sure I see a monkey chasing a weasel around that bush. Oh goodness. <laughs> That wasn't labored at all. Not even a little bit. So it's the alien role playing game. Ooh, maybe maybe the voodoo is mulberry. <laughs> I'm sure it's moldberry. <laughs> mulberry. Yeah. So uh, the alien RPG is a sprawling tome because it covers as much of the alien franchise as they could. Yeah. Since they got the rights to do alien, mm-hmm. they were like, well, we're going to put all of it in there. Yeah. Except for the parts that I think they thought were shameful in some way. Like, I, I scoured this book from stem to stern to find any more than even a passing mention of, of resurrection and found almost nothing. <laughs> like, they mention every ship. They constantly mention the planet that the prison is on from three. They keep dropping references to Prometheus. And did I find any references to, to, uh, to uh, resurrection? I did not. There is one throwaway part in there where they talk about, uh, part of the alien possibly being useful for swimming and resurrection being the only one where you see them swimming. <laughs> so I was like, oh, there it is. I mean, there's like two ships they could have named. I don't remember the big one. It's like the Sulaco or something. But the the little ship, the like mercenary ship is called the Betty mm. in that. I, I was expecting when they were listing all the ships, because every time they were, they're were like, oh, this is a B-88H Buffalo. It's the fucking ship that's the Nostromo. And this is the ship that's from the second movie. And this is the prison that's from the third movie. It's under ships for some reason. Oh, but we're not mentioning the Betty. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, there's no reason to. In universe. Because, you know, that wasn't, like, part of anyone's, uh, like, corporate thing. No one had that. That was full mercenary. Yeah, I just kept expecting to see, like, a reference to the ship that most... Because the Betty's the one they escape on. But I kept expecting to see a reference drop to the main ship where all the actual action went down. And I mean, the only thing I would expect from that to happen is some... Hybrid aliens? Some hybrid alien thing where they're like, oh, here's, like, a, a weird nod to, like gooey skull face alien but no they were like no that one didn't happen (laughs) pass on that but you know what we're very proud of is prometheus you're wrong you shouldn't be you have those in the (laughs) wrong order (laughs) now the thing is i never saw prometheus Mm because why would i it's not very good uh i mean there's a very good reason why i would because it's an alien movie and up till that point i was like oh that that might be fine but then it's just a generic horror movie so you should want it oh yeah, yeah it had very little to do with alien uh, but the, I didn't see that one and I didn't see whatever the latest one is. It's more Prometheus stuff. The one where like, it's the Android and he goes off on an adventure by himself, but he still has like the lady from the first one, but she's like messed up some way. I, I haven't seen it either. I've just read synopses of it. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even read anything about it. So that was the, at least with Prometheus, I was like, I have seen enough clips and heard enough reviews and things that I get that. If there was anything from the latest Alien entry, that one went over my head, because that one I have not any idea about. Yeah, I had high hopes for this, because Aliens is generally my favorite sci-fi, like, horror-esque movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily would... Most people would say that Aliens is an action movie, and Alien is a horror movie. Yeah, and Alien is one of the best horror movies. And I agree with that. I think it's a fantastic movie. I prefer Aliens personally, but I feel like the difference between those two is really like a chunky versus smooth peanut butter and not an objectively correct thing. I mean, preferring Aliens is like, I like my movies to be fun. Yeah. And you're like, okay, (laughs) 
good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's only when you start dropping any other movie from the franchise that people can give you the side eye. <laughs> You're like, my favorite is Resurrection. And people are like, no, it isn't. <laughs> Have you only seen that and that's why it's your favorite? <laughs> I like AVP, the first really bad one. And also the second really bad one. No, man, AVP, the first one was just bad. The second one was really bad. <laughs> they're both quite bad. Nah. <laughs> so thankfully they're not in here. I assume that the licensing mechanics. Yeah, getting... they just had Alien. They did not have Predator. Imagine as the part of that. an RPG in this in 2022. Imagine the Land Two movie licenses like that. God, that would be so impressive to me if they were like. Yo, what up? We're making an alien RPG. Also, we managed to get Predator as well. The problem, I, here's the thing I keep thinking about making an alien RPG, especially one this sprawling, is that Alien by itself, I feel, is not a big enough name to build a comprehensive role-playing game around, unless it's about, like, one-shots, which, to be fair, it definitely has the mechanic in there for you're either playing a cinematic game, which is supposed to be, you know, yeah, you're going to play a movie, aliens fall out of the sky vents and everyone fucking dies or campaign where you're just like go out and do all kinds of shit and sometimes aliens. And I don't think there's enough kinds of shit in the alien franchise. Well, that's why, in my opinion, this book goes as hard in the paint on uh, the Prometheus series yeah. as it does, because that's the whole thing where they're like, Oh, that set up that there are like weird engineers out there that have like space hulks and shit that you can go explore. I mean, you you kind of that's kind of what you'd hope from you'd get from Prometheus, but instead what you get is you watch the last one die in Prometheus. So there's no more of them. Well, who gives a shit? You, you don't need to find <laughs> the engineers. It's all about finding weird dead artifacts and uh, that, shit. That is fair, yeah. Yeah, although the book mostly wants you to like go out and do kind of Human versus human. Uh, well, I mean, it's a lot of the, doing space missions. The setup, like you said, you've got this cinematic one where they're like, you're going to do a one shot. And it's basically like, maybe you have a Ripley and someone survives, but possibly not. Yeah. And the campaign one, they're specifically saying like, okay, you want to pick a theme. Either everyone's a fucking Marine. Everyone's a space trucker, whatever. Because when you do this, we want it to be like... There's a reason for all of you to be together yeah. and a reason for you to stay together over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, really flavors it. Because if you're like, okay, we went with the whole we're all Marines. Yeah. So you've got some officers. You've got a bunch of grunts. Yeah, pilot. At, yeah. At that point, you're just like, great. We can go out and we do, you know, uh, like whether aliens. it's we go fight aliens, the movie, or it's like. Uh, we go to some colony somewhere and we have to do peacekeeping and then there's some mystery thing that we have to find out about. That's fine. And I get that. And yeah. I can see how you could do this as a campaign as long as you established some mystery that you were going for. Because yeah. there would have to be some overarching, like, the engineers have whatever and we're trying to figure that shit out. Yeah. The thing about the Alien franchise, and, you know, I I've watched all of them but the most recent Prometheus... Um, to me has always been like, I'm not super invested in world building for the alien franchise where even before I was doing expounded universe for star Wars podcasting, I could have told you every fucking planet in star Wars because they make that part of the way they, they market the game the, the, or everything about star Wars. But an alien, it's always like, eh, most of it takes place on a spaceship or on an unne unnecessary to name planet. And even when you're like reading this game's description of the way space is laid out, I spent the whole time being like, okay, but like, 
astronomically, where is that? What is the difference between the far reaches and the inner area uh, or, or the, the outer labia? What are all these things? What, what, <laughs> where, where are, point to where on the galaxy, where, where a galaxy map, where this shit is, and it never does. No. And I, I'm honestly fine with that because then it's like, oh, if you actually point out where it is on a map, people are going to go, that's not where that is. <laughs> that doesn't exist there. Fuck you. <laughs> so if you don't, you can be like, yeah, fuck you. There's a planet and it's called LV420 Blaze It. Eat a dick. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm fine with that, too. I just it's an interesting book for me to read because I've never really thought that much about the lore or the world building behind the alien franchise, because normally an alien movie either starts or ends or entirely takes place on an ugly, nasty garbage truck of a spaceship <laughs> with, like, wet chains in it for some reason. Everybody loves the wet chain room. Well, got to have a wet chain room. It's how the ship goes. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's supposed to be more about, like, working class, blue-collar dorks getting eaten by aliens until one of them lives than it is about, like, knowing where the nearest planet that has people on it is. That that no one ever cares. Every every alien movie is just like, ah, oh, we have to go to this one fucked up planet that's fucked up because there's aliens on it. It's all fucked up. And it's never like, oh, there's, like, a farm planet nearby, and it's nice, and you can go there. Yeah, but, you know, neither is this game about that either. <laughs> I know. And yet there's a, a good hundred pages in the middle of it is just listing planets you could go to. I'm not saying I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that a huge amount of the book is given over to shit that you probably don't really need. I mean, again, even with that, I'm like, oh, if you provide me with the oh, there's some, you know, fucking aggro world out there and it's just mm. making grain or something. You're like, OK, well, how do I fuck that world up with aliens then? <laughs> <laughs> well, it does give you like four kinds of monsters that aren't aliens. Yeah, that was cute. Every no, one I of them based on a real world thing. I appreciated that they were like, all right, if you don't want a xenomorph to come just absolutely murder your PCs, yeah. here's some other dumb shit you can fight. You got bristle worms from like the ocean, but huge. And you got tardigrades, but huge. Yeah, you got big old locusts. Yeah, every one of them is based on a real kind of earth animal, but just huge. You know, like what if a tardigrade was like in Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> what if? <laughs> What if we kissed in the in the tardigrade room? <laughs> Unless JK, uh, <laughs> I forgot to say JK. Damn it! Uh, all right, so let's get into character creation. That's probably the part that everyone cares about. Sure. Uh, in this game, character creation is relatively straightforward and simple. If you're playing a cinematic game, you're not really expected to create a character. They're probably going to be provided for you. But for campaign games, you are going to want to create them. You have four stats, which are your strength, your agility, your wits, and your empathy. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you make your character, you're going to have a uh, stat spread from, I mean, technically two to five. Like, they say the spread can be one to five. I suppose if you actually take an injury, because this does have injuries in it. Yes. Uh, you could get less. But you have to put at least two points into every stat and no more than four unless whatever class you pick has a key attribute and you can put five in that yes but you get a total of 14 points for those four stats yes unless you are the only other kind of thing you can play in this game which as you probably guessed from watching alien movies is synthetics yeah you can be an android mm -hmm. uh and they play very differently yes. as far as like the difference between an android and a human mm -hmm. uh a synthetic will get a plus two extra plus three so you put your 14 points in uh, same, you know, minimums and maximums as a regular human. You have the same class options and everything. Yep. But once you're done, pick two of those and put a plus three. So you can 
get up to a plus eight if you had a five and a key attribute and put a plus three. In yes, it. you can be essentially superhuman by being a synthetic. Uh, that said, there are some downsides. Yes. Uh, and those will come in when we uh, look at skills. Yes. Because, as well, this game uh, has a skill system that is also based on whatever class that you take. Mm -hmm. uh, this game has 12 blessed skills, a blessed ween to <laughs> alien the RPG for not having 50 goddamn skills. Yeah, there's just 12. And they did some goofy shit that, that, that I feel like actually works within the world of the Alien franchise here. Uh, insofar as you can take like, oh, Comtech, if you need to repair their crappy 70s computers that, that Alien the world runs around on. Oh, but yeah. If you need to fix your fucking spaceship, that's heavy machinery and it's a strength skill because everything's all heavy and shitty yeah, and made of wrought iron. Because you're like, oh, how do I get this uh, drive to start working? Well, it looks like it was put together inside of like a weird factory in Wisconsin and is made out of all metal. Mm -hmm. And you just sort of go in there and wang on it with a wrench until it works. <laughs> it is a strength skill. I love it. I think that's one of the best things I found in here was the, uh, the heavy machinery being a strength skill, because it makes sense when you watch alien movies and they need to fix ships and so on. It's never like detailed fiddly wire work. It's always like, I got to use these fucking baseball bat sized welding torch to weld this refrigerator sized gear onto this bolt, the size of my entire dick. Oh yeah, I I love the aesthetic of the spaceships and everything in Alien and this really leaning into that. I was like, "Oh, that's nice. It's clever. It's a smart way to do that." So I thought it was a neat way to get an extra strength skill in there, which a lot of games tend to struggle with. They're always like, "Uh, I don't know, swimming, climbing, uh Well, the fact thronging. that this also I mean, wits sort of works as an intelligence, but it's less intelligence and much more like keeping your wits about you yes uh i mean it's both and the there's only two wits skills mm -hmm. it's just com tech and survival so it's not like ah yes biozenoology and you need wits it's like no dude if you're a scientist you're you'll go yeah i know about science how so uh, yeah well as a standard rule of thumb in the alien franchise one of the biggest rules is no one can ever figure shit out by the end of the movie. That's just again. They've they've been like seven of them now, and never once has anyone been like, "Hey, there's there's guaranteed aliens out there." Huh? Instead, they, those people always die. Yeah, I remember. I remember what. I don't remember how resurrection because resurrection's supposed to end with like guaranteed proof of aliens about to land on Earth, and I don't remember how they get get out of that. I assume it's because it's currently the final movie in the franchise. In terms yeah, of so they're continuity. like, "Oh, we'll just not deal with that." <laughs> Prequels. That's how we'll solve that little problem. <laughs> I'll solve that by never visiting it again. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, you can put three points into a skill if it is a skill that's associated with your career. And if it's not, you can only put one point of your of your points. You start with ten. Yeah, so every class has three of the twelve skills that are their key skills. Mm -hmm. And then anything else is fair game if you want to throw a point into it. Yeah. Uh, the twelve skills... Just to go down real quick, you've got the heavy machinery, which is nice. Uh, stamina and close combat are your strength skills. Yeah. Uh, for agility, you've got mobility, ranged combat, and piloting, which, because this is a space thing, I like that piloting gets its own class, its own skill. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a thing. They're like, dude, you're in space. Someone's got to be able to get your ass around. Yeah, well, it makes sense, especially when you get into this game's remarkably detailed ship-to-ship -ship combat stuff. Yeah. 
Wits has observation, contact, survival, and then empathy with command, manipulation, and medical aid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how empathetic you are is how good you are at patching people up, which I think is an interesting place to put that. So it's not just like... Oh, doing medical stuff is just how smart are you? Yeah, it's definitely, it's got that thing where it rolls in bedside manner as part of uh, how good you are at being a doctor. Yeah. As evinced by uh, Jack from Lost, who was shitty at it. He had like the worst bedside manner. Yeah, he sucks ass. Should not have been a doctor. Shit doctor for idiots. (laughs) Go see Pagliacci. (laughs) You're a shit doctor and I hate you. Uh, Now, the other thing you get, uh, you get, after you put those 10 points in your skills, however you wanted to put them. Uh, every class has a talent that they can get. Now, uh, all of the classes have three talents that are their personal ones. You pick one of those three, but there are also a big list of generic talents that anyone can pick from. So if you're doing a campaign and you get XP, you can go in and get those. Yeah. Uh, but the ones that you get to start are all based on whatever it is you're playing. Yeah. Each, each one of the careers has a, a list of three. And the uh, usually one of them ties into one of the uh, things in this four skills, which is you can uh, press your skill. Yes, pressing you can your skill push is, your luck. Yeah, it's a push your luck mechanic, uh, which will which will get into the dice mechanic for the game. So we can explain that in a second. What before we do that though, let's talk really quickly about the various careers that you can choose from. Sure. Uh, the first one is Colonial Marine. That one's pretty straightforward. Uh, and before, rather than going through all of everything about each one of them, I'm going to use Colonial Marine as an example of what you can get from these. So the first thing you get is your key attribute, which is strength for this one. Yep. Uh, key skills, close combat, stamina, ranged combat. Uh, career talent, as we mentioned earlier, you pick one of those three. One of them will be pushing limit related. That one, I believe, is called Pass the Limit for a Colonial Marine. Mm-hmm. But also there's banter and overkill. Uh, there's a personal agenda, which is the thing that you want to try and forward, uh, re- in regard, regardless of what is going on otherwise in the mission. Yeah. You always want to try and work on your personal agenda a little bit. And this game has a self-guided process for judging how much XP you should get for, at the end of each mission, which I also thought was kind of fun. Oh. Uh, it's just a questionnaire you go through and it's like, did I try to work on my personal agenda? One XP. Um, it and does. I mean, the personal agendas at least are not like, Oh, I'm trying to do one specific thing. It's like, no, nah, man, I want downtime. I want to like yeah. get into a room and crack a beer, and that's my agenda. Yeah, personal agenda isn't really like you're trying to solve the mystery of your missing parents. In most cases, it can also be that. But no, sometimes it'll be like, oh, I have a dark past, and I don't want anyone to figure it out. Or it's like I'm trying to figure out how the uh, like the company has screwed me over in the yes. past. But it's it's not something that's like, here is one actual thing that I can accomplish. Yes. It's more of a, what's a thing you would like to do as an overarching idea? Some of them dumb, or sorry, some of them dumb. Some, some of them dumb. Some of them do feel like you could solve them, but for the most part, they're just things that kind of guide your play mechanics. Well, I mean, some of them as far as the the ones that are like, oh, don't let anyone find out about whatever. You're like, well, someone found out, so yeah, I guess fuck me. That ends that. Or, you know, find out why the company is blackmailing you. All right, I did. Great. Now I guess I can pick another one. Uh, you also get a signature item, which is something that has to do with the stress mechanics in this game. Uh, it's just a little thing that you can hold that reminds you of of a past event or something. For a, for a marine, it's a bullet that that was pulled out of you that you that didn't kill you, or a, a lost friend's dog tags, or a trophy from a defeated enemy. Now this game has 
encumbrance because they're like, look, if you're going to be running around trying to do stuff, you can't just, you know, have 27 fucking rifles or whatever. Right. Uh, but the signature item is always something small that does not have any weight. Yes, it's a so, non-encumbrance item. I mean, one of the signature items they mentioned there is straight up just a tattoo you have. Yeah. So a signature item is... Like, you can't go, oh, my signature item is a fucking rail gun. You're yeah. like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not for that. It's for stress relief and nothing else. Yeah. And then it gives you a little section for picking some, one of those uh, nice modern touches you see for character design where it's like, hey, here's a little list of possible physical appearance traits you might want to consider. It's not a, it's not rules. It's got, it's suggestions. And then finally, some gear. You pick a couple things from a gear list and then you roll some, some cash up. And that's what a career does. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so beyond Colonial Marine, these are all pretty much self-explanatory. Colonial Marshal, which is like a frontier cop for the for the colonies. Yeah, you're the you're the local sheriff of some backwater planet, basically. Mm-hmm. You got your Paul Riser or the company agent. Yep. So that one's pretty self-explanatory. You get your Newt or the kid. Love the kid in here. The kid's pretty fun. I especially love it because when you look at every everyone's like either you know you're a company guy so you get a shitload of money or you're a marine so you have a bunch of guns if you're a kid it's like what do you have i've got a fishing line and like a yo-yo as my gear and five bucks like that's great it, i it fucking is. love that <laughs> it is pretty cool uh so that one's pretty self-explanatory you're just the kid the survivor you've got the medic the officer which is more like Someone who commands the roughnecks rather than like a police officer, because that's what the marshal. Yeah, it's was. not a police officer; it's high ranking officer military. Yeah, the pilot, the roughneck, which is like you know the space truckers, all the people on the Nostromo. Yeah, uh, the scientist, all the and people. That's who, it. <laughs> and that's it. All the people who in Prometheus, and they all were stupid and died. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's the nice thing: <laughs> having uh, the ability to do science does not make it so that you will survive science. <laughs> So, dice mechanics. Uh, this is the part of the game that most reminded me of what I assume is one of the strong influences for this game's design. Concept. Oh, I do want to mention one more thing in making your character. Oh, yeah. Uh, not only all of that, uh, you do have your health is based on whatever your strength is. That's how many hit points you have. Uh-huh. Uh, but this also has a buddies and rivals system. Mm-hmm. So, you pick someone that's like, ah, this is my friend. They're cool. We can, like, have downtime together. This is my rival. And this will tie into the XP thing of, like, Oh, did you like try and one up your rival or did you hang out with your buddy and shit like that? Yeah, it's and you, neat. Can, you can change them between sessions of the game if you want. You can be like, ah, yeah, so if your buddy fucks yeah. you over, you're like, that's not my buddy no you more. You can be like, friendship ended with buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now rival is my buddy. <laughs> yeah, so you can do that. So dice mechanic, it's a dice pool system. What I was going to say is it kind of reminded me a little bit of a stripped down version of the FFG Star Wars mechanic, mm-hmm. but not too much. In this case, you're just building a die pool out of your attribute and irrelevant skill, uh, rolling that many D6s and counting only sixes. Yep. Uh, ones also matter in some situations. Uh, only if for stress dice. Only for stress dice. Uh, but the, you're supposed to be using custom D6s because that's all the rage nowadays in these modern games. Where the six face is like a little cross thing. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be an alien symbol or a Wayland Utani brand emblem or whatever. I don't I know. I mean, the- it it just looks like a little cross symbol, and I don't know why. I, I said I say that not to bring up that that's weird that it's a cross symbol. It only is when you consider that the one face is a face hugger. Yes, and it's obvious. It's like oh, clearly a face hugger. I guess they just couldn't think of anything good in the alien universe. Yeah, they're like, six. what does success mean What's in a the triumph? alien? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's a picture of you escaping, but then uh, th- then all your friends <laughs> immediately die by the time you get to the next movie. Oh, what a success. Oh, well, the uh, failure is obviously a facehugger. Success is a cat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so any six at all in your die pool means you, you succeed. You only need one. Uh, the like difficulty and things like that might change your die pool, mm-hmm. but you only ever need one to succeed. But if you get more than one, you can spend extra successes on effects. So yes. and that's all the extra do. damage, mm-hmm. or you can be like, oh, I'll push something to the ground, or I find, you know, a super cool item somewhere, whatever it is. Yeah. Because there aren't degrees of success necessarily. If you get a six, you succeed at the thing. Yeah. If you get two sixes, it's not like I succeeded two better or whatever. Instead, it's you can, there's a list of things in that skill. That will that will give you an additional thing to choose from. Yeah, some of them are pretty much just progressive. Like if you're just using ranged combat and you get two sixes, then oh, you can increase the damage by one point per extra six. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, but some things are like oh, if you did heavy machinery and you got extra ones, you could just be like, essentially take plus one forward on this machine because you're like oh, I got it working once, I can do it again. Yeah. I think some of them are, you can tell they kind of ran out of things to put in the list. And so there's some stuff that's like, what would that do? Like, no, I like a lot uh, of the ones of them are in very here. Good. Yeah. Uh, because it reminds me of, uh, like the PBTA, if you like get the high success, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to fix heavy machinery. I can spend an extra success to do it quietly so I don't fucking like alert an alien or whatever like that's great i also like all the ones that help you when you're dealing with other people who aren't as good at this as you are oh yeah if you get two sixes you're like all right well i'm doing a survival role i need to find food if i get two sixes i find food for you too because you don't know how to find food yeah so that's clever the only ones i didn't like were the ones that were just like purely descriptive which felt like they were kind of taking away your ability to just be purely descriptive in the first place like there's a pilot one that's just like do it with stunt styles yeah it's just i mean there are in almost all of them spend a success to be like you show off while doing this yes. you're impressive <laughs> but yeah so so anyway i mean even then that's not a problem if you have if you have no reason to do any of the other boosts and you just want to impress somebody i guess then that's fine it's nice that it's there yeah i mean and the thing is because you spend it on there you're like no i impress someone like you can't just say, like, oh, no, I don't give a shit. Like, no, I spent the thing on it. Fuck you. You think that was rad. <laughs> You're impressed. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. You can say you weren't, but you are. Okay, well, I'm going to say I'm not. <laughs> but when I when I go in the other room, I'm going to be like, god damn. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, th- then we did mention earlier the pushing your luck mechanic, because this is a push-your-luck game. Uh, if you roll and you do are unhappy with what you rolled, you can pick up all your non-six rolls and roll them again once. Yes. So uh, if you push a roll, you get to do that re-roll. Uh, as Jeff mentioned on there, it's any non-sixes. So if you were like, oh, I did get a six, but I really need extra damage or something on this, or I need some extra quality, you can push on a on something you've already succeeded on. Yeah, the big, the big reason you'd want to do that is for all the opposed roll stuff, where you're trying to get over someone else's armor value or do enough damage to put a target down. Yeah. But you can also do it. Every skill has something you can spend extra successes on. So maybe you desperately need those things. But you don't want to do it on everything uh, because pushing a roll increases your stress level by one. Mm-hmm. And when you go to do your re-roll, you include the stress dice that you get from that. Yeah. Uh, every point of stress includes a new stress die. And that die 
isn't just detrimental. So the more stressed you are, it's, you know, you're keyed up, you're fucking on edge, but you're also paying more attention. You're doing things more enthusiastically. So you are more likely to succeed. You have more dice and more chances to get sixes. Yeah. A six on a stress die counts just the same as a six on a regular die. Exactly. But a one on a stress die, which is why you need to make sure your stress die or uh, stress dice are recognizably different from your other dice. A one on a stress die is a uh, a terrible effect. It, you panic. You panic. So if you roll a one on a stress on the stress die during a skill roll, uh, most of the time you will just fail that skill roll. Although not always. Sometimes you'll do it and then panic. But no matter what, if you rolled a one on a stress die, you then have to do a panic check. Mm -hmm. And uh, panic is its own little table. You roll on the panic table, you roll a D6 plus however much your stress is. Yes. And then you check that number to see if something stupid happens to you. Uh, the low-end ones don't really do anything. So if you're like, I, if you get a one through six on your stress roll, you're fine. You keep it together. It was just, you know, a momentary freak out, but you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. A seven through a 15 plus on the panic roll and you get progressively more fucked up. Yeah. And they mentioned right away, like, this is not a game where you want to be rolling for everything. You want to avoid rolling if you can. And I mean, the game is like, not just avoid rolling like, oh, I don't want to roll for something like rolling should have a meaning and an impact. It's not like every time a pilot is like, all right, I'm going to go down to this planet. Roll for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, man, he's a fucking pilot. He takes the ship down unless you are like someone is shooting at you from the ground try and get out of the way yeah. then sure but don't overdo rolls because you have the panic dice on there for stress people are going to push if they don't succeed so they're like we want this to be a build mechanic yes we want it to be like your stress increases you succeed more but you've got more of a chance of failure we want this high tension thing and mm -hmm. i enjoy that as a mechanic and I also enjoy that they're like, but don't make people roll all the time or else it fucking ruins this entire thing. Yes, like it, does. it falls apart if you're rolling every five seconds. Yeah. So you don't want to be rolling constantly. And the game tells you the uh, the game master running it not to. I think they're called the game mother. Yes, in this. the game mother. Yeah. As a reference to, I believe, the the AI mother, the AI from, from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, OK, so. What else to talk okay, about? So now uh, now that we have mentioned that. Uh, the other thing about androids is androids do not have stress. You can't stress out an android, uh, but that also means they can't push rolls. So while they do have higher base stats, which means they're also going to be rolling much more base dice for most things, mm -hmm. uh, they don't have the option of a reroll. Like, yeah. they either get it or they don't. Yeah. Uh, but that also means if, you know a spooky alien pops out that might just trigger a panic roll. Even if you didn't have any stress. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, again, androids are like, Nope, I don't have stress. I don't trigger panic. I can deal with that, but I am much less capable of not only, you know, fixing problems that I have cause I can't push, but because the stress mechanic, like we mentioned, gives you extra dice. Mm -hmm. There isn't that point where you're like, all right, uh, I'm, I'm fucking stressed out, but I'm rolling 12 dice to succeed. Yeah, you're not, you're, you don't get keyed up like everyone else does. Exactly. You're just naturally good at stabbing between your fingers as, as fast as you would like to. 
Yeah, you put eight in mobility. Good job. <laughs> or whatever or Winona, agility it is. Whatever Winona Ryder did that was special. I don't remember. <laughs> so, uh, once you've got that done, you've pretty much got a character. There is a full set of gear. Obviously, it's aliens, so they've got to have, you know, the big old weapons that everyone was carrying around in the movies. The, uh, the that that thing from from alien and alien ends where you like see the beeping on it oh i guess it's really an alien three thing as well where, where they've got the yeah, little, no you just little, little need a, uh, a motion detector <laughs> the because motion detector uh you know xenomorphs do not show up on infrared or anything like that mm-hmm. so you have to have something that detects motion yes and it's like called the m4a3 motion detector or something and it is very important in here because one of the things this game has is modes uh anytime you <laughs> The game switches its rule set based on what you're currently doing. So if you're doing the whole, like, wandering around corridors and wondering if they're in the vents, then you're currently playing in stealth mode. Yeah, if you're not actively engaging with something, Mm -hmm. then you're in stealth mode, and usually that, I mean... You don't even have to be in stealth mode. You can just be in, like, fuck it, I don't care mode. Yeah, yeah. But so, usually if you're on a planet that's spooky, you're going to be in stealth mode. Yeah, stealth mode is what you do when you think there's something around the corner. That's just that's just the way the game plays in those times. Yeah. Now this, it's not really up to you whether or not you're in stealth mode. That's a, that's a game mother yeah, determination. Yeah, it's what are we currently doing. Yes. Uh, now, this is a game that doesn't use, like, a battle map, really. Mm-hmm. You can use a map, but it uses zones. Yes. So, uh... I mean, that's, you know, again, a thing in a lot of modern games, uh, instead of trying to do the like, oh, we want a tactical, like five foot increment thing. Mm-hmm. They'll just go, all right, the room you're in is a zone. The room next to it is a different zone. Yes. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And it, it matters for things like using or setting overwatch with your assault rifle or getting into a hand to hand combat fight or running away from things. Yeah, and when you're in stealth mode, you can go two zones per turn. Yes. But aliens can go way faster. You yeah. <laughs> aliens <sighs> Okay, so initiative in this as well. Yeah. Is done with a deck of cards. They they try to sell you one, but I can't tell how it's different than a regular deck of cards. So Yeah. But it's just all right, how many uh combatants do you have mm-hmm. get that many cards out and have them be in a numbered order so be like all right i've got an ace we've got like seven people so pcs and the enemies mm-hmm. total of seven i'll get an ace through a seven and then shuffle them and everyone pulls one card that's when you go in initiative yeah aliens however have higher speed and pull multiple cards, mm-hmm. so we'll go multiple times during an initiative encounter. Yes, and mo- this game doesn't have a whole lot of enemies in it, because it's, you know, an alien franchise RPG, so there are a couple of non-alien enemies. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier the big tardigrades and the locusts and so on. Uh, all the aliens will do something, they'll randomly determine what they do every time it's their turn, and each type of alien has its own little, like, D6 grid of what its attacks are. Yeah, one of the the things in this, I mean, it's a very modern sensibilities for the design and everything. One of the things I'm not a huge fan of is that almost everything has its own D6 chart. I was going to point out that this is a book where you kind of have to have all the pages open. Yeah, because you're like, oh, well, the panic thing is its own chart. Yeah. And uh, if something attacks you instead of you know when i attack something as a player i'd go oh well i have ranged combat of two 
and I've got an agility of three, so I have five dice, I'll roll, and if I get a success, then it'll do whatever damage the gun does. Mm -hmm. Great. Aliens and NPCs and things instead have their own individual charts where it's like, all right, roll a D6, and it'll tell you what kind of thing they do. So, you know, if they're a chess burster, one through three is probably just run the fuck away yeah, and scuttle. find some place to get big. Yeah. Uh, but they also have, you know, oh, uh, if you're a full grown alien, you might, uh, it's try and cause attacks. panic. So it's like, oh, you hiss at someone. Yeah. So you just freak them out and they make a panic roll or you hit them with your spiky tail and all of it, it will tell you this is how many dice to roll. This is the base damage it does. And, a lot of them for the aliens, if you roll a five or a six for what move they do, mm -hmm. if the move succeeds and does damage, it murders whoever they hit. Because yeah. it's like, oh, what does it do? They bite your head. Does it succeed? They bit your fucking head. You're dead, my man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get armor in this game. There's armor in the movies. Uh, the armor is pretty straightforward. It works by you roll your armor rating in dice and subtract any sixes from the damage you're dealt. The uh, So it's not the best. Yeah, the... <laughs> The armor on here, being able to cut down incoming damage is about the only way that you're going to survive. Yeah. You can, of course, always block or dodge mm -hmm. things that are coming at you. So, again, you have ways to try and stop an alien from auto-murdering you. But, good lord, the aliens in this are terrifying because oh, yeah. you're like, there's a one in three chance that the attack they do, if it succeeds, just kills me. Yes. Yeah. I've got the list right here. This is the thing that drives me nuts about this book a little bit. Like I most for the most part, I'm I'm positive on the, the play aspects of this book. I, I there were a few things I found kind of either boring or just not worth the time. Uh, but one of the things that bothered me was I'm looking at the stalker scout and drone attacks, which are like stage four xenomorphs. Yeah. There are three different kinds of them, but they kind of are very similar. Yeah, they're they're your standard running around in the vents, full-grown xenomorphs. Yeah, one of them is based more on, like, a dog, you know, like the one in Alien 3. Yeah, you get yeah. you get the guy who's just running around like, ah, I'm the Bambi chestburster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they have, if you roll a one, you get a, hypno hypno a hypnotic gaze. Uh, which yeah, is it's that point in the movie where you see the alien and then you just sort of stand there shaking. Yeah. They can play with its prey where they just knock you around a little. They can use a deadly grab where they snag you and do a bunch of damage and then drag you into another zone. Yep. Uh, they can get ready to kill, which is when they finally want to murder you, and it just does a fuckload of damage. They can capture you and drag you off for the hive. Or the last one is that head bite thing where it's like, yeah, this uh, if this if this does any damage, it automatically does critical damage number 64, which is pretty much just you're only alive enough to get a face, or, uh, a face hugger on you. And that's it. The uh, the way that damage works in this is you have a number of hit points equal to your strength. Uh-huh. Uh, when damage happens to you, you just take that off. If you get to zero, you are considered broken. Mm -hmm. uh, you aren't dead at that point, but now you will start taking critical injuries. And yes. there's a D66 table. So you roll 2D6, you say which one's the 10s and which one's the 1s. Mm-hmm. And lower is better, so if you roll, like, a 1 and a 2 on the uh, the 2d6, you're like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. It was just a graze, you're not fucked up. But a 60, I think it's a 63 through a 66 is just, 
yo, man, you dead. <laughs> Either like your head got crushed or your chest is broken open or something. You're being dragged. To the, you're already cocooned and they're already the, the egg nearby is already doing. Well, its that's own not on the opening. critical injury table. It, it, <laughs> the critical injury is all generic things of like, no matter what critical injury you will take no you're right nah. you're right because the way it reads is it you take critical injury number 64 killing the victim in one dreadful blow however should the gm wish it the victim remains just alive enough for the xenomorph to initiate the overmorphing process yeah overmorphing. yeah 64 on there is just you rip your throat out yeah you got you're you're, uh, you're quite dead now the thing i don't like about this is is if you shoot that alien and you wonder what happens when that alien dies why that's part of the generic alien result tables and not the specific alien result tables so you'll find yourself rolling about 8 to 12 pages back up the book to find this other chart for what happens when an alien gets shot down yeah i mean i assume this is hey you know what's real helpful our gm screen I'm that sure. puts all the good charts in one area yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, they have their own, uh, critical injury thing as well, which most of them are like, Ooh, it's just playing dead. And yeah. Then it goes, Oogity boogity and gets you anyway. Yeah, on a five or six, the alien t- is torn apart and dies and that's it. And every other result, it's either they, they pretend being dead to be dead so they can ambush you or they just go like, I'm dying. But before I die, here's four more fucking attacks. Yeah. The, <laughs> the other thing is, of course, for most of the, like, standard continuity xenomorphs and not the dumb promethean shit uh neomorphs you have acid for blood so they have a splash rating yep so when you deal damage that isn't just like a flamethrower or whatever then you get to roll dice equal to their splash rating plus however much damage they took and then see anything within an engaged area might get splashed with acid. Yeah, why not? Or it might just melt through the floor before you have a chance to do any observation rolls on it. Notably, one of my favorite things here is uh, when you're fighting aliens, because it's still, like I mentioned earlier, no one knows about these fucking things, even after seven-some movies. Uh, If you get the good result where they die without murdering you on the way out, then they are so mutilated that you have a huge penalty to your observation roll to figure out anything about what the fuck this was. Yeah. So there's just no good answer. (laughs) Well, yeah, because they're like, no, no one gets to just get a whole alien corpse back and deal with it. Yes. Because <laughs> if if an, a corpse, if an alien is still whole enough to do that, it is whole enough to murder you. Yeah. So the uh, the types of things that you can fight, you obviously. Oh, I got- did want to mention. Please. Uh, that This is another thing where synthetics are different from regular people. Yes, they take different damage. Instead of the D66 table, they have their own 1D6 table because most of it is just like. Oh, yeah, you know, like, you're an android, someone rips your arm off, you're not dead, you're just like, ow, my arm, yeah. and you don't give a fuck unless you roll a six on the table, and then you shut down, but because you're an android, if, you know, people survive, they can put your shit back together. Or just turn you on, like Bishop, where they, like, have yeah. his upper torso, and then eventually just his head. Yeah, if they want to, they can be like, alright, I'm just slam your head onto a table and go, click, click. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, you you don't suffer that much. You will lose all your important android milks. Oh, my milks! You know how androids in that in the alien universe are just chock full of goodness. <laughs> that that they're they're full of calcium and vitamin D milk bodies. Uh, you also uh, have a slow and a fast action during yes. combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, slow actions are anything that you would roll for generally. So, any skill use, attack, anything like that, and a fast action is just you know. You can move fast, you can talk, you can reload, you can do whatever. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. There's also a full comprehensive ship-to-ship combat rule set, which 
is crazy to me because I don't remember ever that ever happening in any of the alien movies. There's really not any ship to ship combat that happens here. I, I mean, I get why they put it in because this, in order to fit an entire campaign into this, they have a lot more time stuff about just sort of fringe life and negotiating with terror or pirates. And oh yeah, if you're doing a campaign, you're like, no, we can't have every session be and there's an alien or else. Everyone is dead, or it's boring. <laughs> or, yeah, we just get so much less special. You're like, what are we fighting this week? Uh, it's some kind of xenomorph. Yeah, like, I've seen yeah okay, great. It's very psychosexual in design. Uh-huh. Yeah, we know. We know. We've seen them before. Yeah, HR. you really got to save the xenomorph in your campaign for, like, <laughs> the climax of a season. Yeah. Or the neomorph, if you happen to be playing in the Prometheus timeline. <laughs> they're just fleshy versions of the same thing, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's just shitty versions of xenomorphs. <laughs> They can get fucking dangerous. They just don't have a queen, as far as I know. And they don't have acid for blood. Yeah, they also don't have acid, which is fine, because the acid for blood thing really does make them much more overkill in the horror genre. It's It just means, oh, we Every, can blow these things the fuck up and not care. Yeah, they're never not dangerous, our, our xenomorphs. Uh, but the ship-to-ship combat is interesting in the way it functions. It's a six-stage process, because there are six places you can be on a ship. Like pilot, engineer, gunner. Which uh, is good, again, because... Yeah, giving everybody something to do. Yeah, you don't want to be like, oh, we've got our uh, shadow run problem where one guy's the pilot and everyone else is just in the back jerking off. You almost kind of feel bad for the pilot. There's a couple ro- roles on the ship, like spotter and pilot, where like, well, what can you do? Well, uh, it's my turn. I'm either going to accelerate, accelerate, decelerate, or maneuvers. And maneuvers does makes me harder to hit, and the other two make bring me closer or farther away from the enemy ship. That's it. Uh, spotter is just like, I can try and land a target lock, or I can try and make it harder to land a target lock on us. That's it. That's me. What makes me sad is, of the roles, of the six roles, like, four of them have, like, a catastrophic fail result where the ship fucking blows <laughs> up and dies. <laughs> like, I really don't want that weight on me in the campaign. So I guess you probably want to reduce the impact of that in campaign play. In cinematic play, I guess, if the movie ends with your ship getting exposed to the vacuum of space within the first ten minutes of the campaign. Well, I mean... <laughs> fucking don't get into ship to ship combat in no. space. It's a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. Oh, I forgot. The uh the pilot can also ram, which is the worst idea. Oh yeah, they're like, "Oh, you know, you can ram things. Please don't." <laughs> but it is there and it is neat. It's it's interesting that they came up with something for everybody to do and tried to work ship to ship combat in. There's a fun example of how the combat works where a a, a colonial marine crew blows up a pirate ship. Yeah, it's it's fun. Everyone's got something to do. Even if you're just like a roughneck on the ship, then you're running around making heavy machinery rolls to keep the ship together. Oh, yeah, because you can be like, yo, I'm in engineering. I'm just keeping shit running. Mm -hmm. So you can have a mixed ship where everyone's like, oh, we all have different things we can do. And it doesn't feel like uh, the pilot does stuff and we just hang out. Yeah. So ultimately, the takeaway from the game is the only thing to fight is fucking horrifying. It's got that whisper. I mean, fight humans. Yeah, you can fight other humans. That's fine. And they are way more horrifying. That's the whole point <laughs> of Alien. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for them Utanis and them Paul Risers. Yeah. They're the real villains. Man is the true animal. <laughs> the manimal, if you will. I mean, let's be fair. In the Alien franchise, yes, men are the true fa- animal or the true villain. Also, so are Xenomorphs. <laughs> also, Xenomorphs. Because <laughs> they're just fucking crazy. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh it's an interesting set uh, of uh, of rules and I think they did a pretty good job wringing as much possible content out of a fairly lean franchise as they could. Yes. I mean, for a franchise that is all about a group of people fight 
overwhelming odds and then mostly die. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, well, how do we turn that into an actual RPG? (laughs) And the answer being, well, I mean, one, you play a group of people that fight aliens and then die. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or you don't fight aliens for a while and then you do and probably die. If it's your birthday. (laughs) It's your birthday. Here's a cake and aliens. (laughs) also the cake also has subtle penis themes (laughs) you just drew a penis on here subtly though (laughs) i wrote subtle under it (laughs) subtle penis (laughs) uh so uh you want to get into best and worst sure cool then let's do it john what was your favorite thing about uh, alien the rpg i I fucking love that this only had 12 skills. I love it so much. I knew the moment I saw the skill list at 12, I was like, that's going to be John's favorite thing. <laughs> I mean, it is. it has been a thing I have harped on for years now in this show that every time we find some fucking RPG and they're like, here's 87 skills, you can have 10 of them. I'm like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad design and you're an idiot for doing it. Yeah. 12 skills and most of them you can get by without. Because the game specifically is like, all right, fucking, if you didn't put anything into observation, it's still just a wits roll. Whatever your wits is, you can roll that many D6s. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You always have, at the bare minimum, two dice to roll. Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. 12 skills is a pretty good run, especially because they pretty much do cover the gamut of things you would need to do in uh, an alien story. Yeah. So it's great. They really got it across. And if you're wondering, folks at home, what the current record is... For the most skills in a game, if you're wondering if you found a game that beats it, it's currently Immortal the Invisible War. We did it a long, long time ago, and it had four, more than 490 skills in it. God damn it. So so that's the current cap to beat. Yeah, that's, that, that is the high end... You look at it from afar, don't like an eclipse, don't quite look directly at the that many skills. <laughs> or honestly, that game is so ugly and hard to read that yeah, don't look directly at it Ugh. anyway. You should probably wear a welding gla- tor- uh, mask to read in Mortal the Invisible War. <laughs> I love that that book has color insert sections just uh, for text. <laughs> but all right, anyway. Um, yes, my so skill's great. Yeah. What is yours? Uh, I like the stress mechanic. I think that mm-hmm. this is probably the, my favorite stress mechanic I've come across in quite a long time because I love that it's not a progressive death spiral. Yep. Which is it, it, usually what I hate about any kind of like stress or horror or or damage progressive mechanic is that it just makes you worse and worse, which means that the game ultimately is not about trading risk. It's about avoiding risk at all costs, because if you have any risk mistakes on you, you're just fucked. Yes. But here... Because when you get stress, it heightens your, your, uh, it makes you sharper in addition to being more pr- prone to mistakes. It's neat that you get both. When you, basically, when stress happens, it amplifies everything, the good and the bad. Yeah. Which I really like, as opposed to most of these games just being like, if you take any damage, you're just worse. Oh, yeah. The fact that this game is very much able to go, all right, stress makes everything more stressful because mm-hmm. you've got, better chances but also you might fuck up and it also has that whole like oh you don't have a death spiral if you get down to being broken you're like okay i could take a critical injury but even then there's the chance that nothing happens Mm -hmm. and unless i get real fucking unlucky on my roll i'll i might just get out of it with like oh man this guy like shot me in the shoulder or something and the medical rolls in this are like 
yeah, dude, you're fine. You take a medical roll. Some fucking dude patches you up and you're fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it's it's uh, it doesn't do the whole like you're going to need to do bed rest for three weeks kind of thing. Oh, yeah. the Honestly, that's one of the closest to my favorite things is that the healing in this is like, hey, man, have some downtime, drink a beer, spend eight hours chilling. You're fine. No one cares anymore. And I'm like. <laughs> Thank you! Mostly because it's not cinematically interesting to have you limping around for the rest of the storyline. Exactly. Yeah, unless it is, in which case there is a critical injury chart to get that to you. Yeah, but if then you manage critical. to get a high critical injury and they're like, you lost a leg, my man, yeah, then exactly. sure. Yeah, that's a big difference between like, oh, uh, you got some bullet grazes and you had you got punched in the face. You'll be fine tomorrow versus like, yeah, you have a bullet in your leg. It's it's neat that they went that they did that. So I'm I'm a fan of that as well, though it isn't specifically my favorite thing. Yeah. What would you say is your least favorite thing about the Alien RPG? It, I mean, it has to be the layout for these charts. Yeah, yeah, that, it's not it. it it's too many those, charts, too much all over the place. Yeah, they're all over the place. You got to keep the book open. It's not just the monster charts, but there's all these like panic charts and stress charts and all these things that you're constantly. Unless you've memorized all this, you're going to be flipping around the book a lot to get all this stuff. Yeah, and it's just if they had put something in the back that was like and here's a page of all the charts i would have been like all right that's fine when you were doing it you wanted to present it like piecemeal as it comes mm -hmm. but if there was like yeah flip to page like 396 and here's all the charts i would be far more lenient on it but the fact that you do have to be like here's a 400 page book go looking i'm like oh fuck i hate that shit that's fair and for you. All right. This is going to sound like one of those things that's really mean. But then when you think about it, you realize it's like not the worst thing to hear someone say. <laughs> you should work out more. Book's too long. <laughs> <laughs> this book is too fucking long. It, it needed to tighten it up a little bit. They, I didn't need like random solar system and ran random planet generation charts. Maybe just some details you could pull from really quick. I didn't need all, how every corporation in the, in the, in the uh, world thinks about every other corporation in the world. I'm like, ooh, what does Siegson and Sons think about Oakland mining? I can't wait to find out. Uh, I mean, I get, maybe I do need to know the various like countries, although I never knew this about, about uh, the alien franchise before, but outside of Wayland Utani, most of the like independently large political bodies are the standard like post apocalypse thing where they're like, Japan and Great Britain teamed up and they formed a company. Yeah, and all of North and South America is one country now. Yeah, and the same thing with the one that's like the USSR, but it also has Spain for some reason. It's like China, Russia, Spain, Eastern Europe. <laughs> uh, so uh, generally I'm not a huge fan of it. That's not even important. What, I, uh, what I'm really getting across is that this book is a slog to get through and it could have been a much tighter book. Yeah, I... I don't share that level mostly because I feel like a lot of that information is <sighs> like it's it's not in a part of the book where you're like, oh fuck, I've gotta I've gotta read this to get critical information. Yeah. Like when it comes to the point where they go, and now let me tell you a little tale about the outer edges. You're like, and past that. <laughs> no, I read every fucking word of this thing. <laughs> That's commitment, baby. Yeah. I mean, even though I was like, man, here it is. Here's the section on automatic weapon fire. I am only going to mention that I hate these and definitely not discuss how this works. But I'm going to read all of it. <laughs> I do. Honestly, the automatic fire thing it wasn't is that bad. one of the more elegant systems of just like, if you are shooting at full auto, it stresses you out because you're, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah. But. 
you know, you if you have extra successes, you can use those to add targets to who you hit. Yeah, it was right. it wasn't a big deal. It was fine. Uh, like I said, when I when I started this being my least favorite thing, it sounds mean or perhaps even unnecessary. But when you think about it, that that's my worst thing. That the book's a little too long is means the book's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was just oh, there's more information than I need in here. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, a lot of this I felt like it could have been a supplement, and I would have been happier. Oh man, there are a lot of supplements I'm for this. Sure there are. Shit I went, I went when I went to go buy this. I was like, God damn, they they churned the books out for this. Maybe that's why there's nothing about resurrection in here. Maybe there's a whole supplement just for that. I hope so. What if aliens learn to swim? Give, give me the dumb skullhead alien supplement. <laughs> yeah, how to kill aliens by cutting a tiny hole in the wall and blowing their intestines out the side. <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot a hole. That's what she like used the her own. Ripley used her own acid blood to, to carve a little hole in the wall. Everybody loves that. Yeah, it was, you got all your own that's, little that's, acid blood. Because remember, that's Ripley eight, and she has acid blood. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Ripley resed, mm-hmm. erectioned. Yeah, yeah, she's Ripley 8. That's her that's her full title. All right, well there you go. That's uh would you play this game? I forgot. Shit. Ween. Shit. Fuck. God <laughs> damn. It. Happy Ween everybody. I'm definitely not patching up a mistake. <laughs> uh no, I'd play this. This is a this is an interesting game and uh, honestly, I would do either. A lot of times I will uh qualify things with like, "Oh, this is fine for a one-shot or whatever." I feel like this I would have a decent amount of fun playing either the one shot or a campaign in this i think it's neat yeah that's fair i mean i generally speaking love space shit and love space horror yeah you're in more particular. of more of the sci-fi alien shit than me yeah so i would probably play this although i think i would probably want some of the supplements because as it stands what you fight is either npc versions of yourself which i never like because eh. that means that every one of them is an extremely deadly threat because they have the exact same stats and shit that you do mm. uh or fucking xenomorphs that are going to rip your fucking head off immediately. <laughs> so it needs some more stuff to do. And it, with that caveat, when, like John mentioned earlier, they churned supplements out for this like it was going out of business, which it probably is. <laughs> um, so with those in mind, yeah, I'd play this. Yeah. So there you go. Great. I love it. And hey, would you like to join us at our Patreon so we can make some friggin' characters in it? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I already made my character, so... Yeah, that's true. You should join. You should join us in the don't, Patreon. Don't make me have made a character for nothing. Yeah. Please join. No, you should join and listen to John's character. I'm sure they're very interesting. So interesting. So uh, to do that, what you got to do is head on over to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the brand new $2 level that we did not raise our prices. We just consolidated our prices. It's monthly now, baby. It's monthly. That's right. Now every every month is two bucks instead of some being two and very occasionally one being three. Hmm. Uh, so from now on, it's just two bucks a month for uh, four bucks a month to get the Star Wars tier or 10 bucks a month to get absolutely everything. Uh, obviously the best deal and you should totally do it. Obviously. But even then at the $2 level, you unlock the bonus content for system mastery. And once we move to our new megaphone uh, provided ad supported model, it will always be ad free on the Patreon. So in the next couple of months, we're going to move to an ad model. And when that happens, if you want ad free, Join us at any level at the Patreon, and all the shows you have unlocked will be ad-free. Hooray! That's patreon.com slash systemmastery at the $2 level this week. Thank you so much. $2. Mm, two bucks. You got two bucks. Everybody's got two bucks. Mm-hmm. Do you? And if you don't have two bucks, that I get it. Not many people have and two if bucks. You, if you don't have two bucks, how about a smile? <laughs> or a rate or review on iTunes or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. 
<laughs> I'm supposed fuck. to ask for those for podcast purposes. Every other podcast does it, but I've never checked. I mean, and, hey, speaking of doing stuff for uh, podcast purposes, if you go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com, our normal, regular old website, you can find a link to drive through RPG. And if you wanted to buy the Alien RPG and a bunch of supplements for it, and you use that link. We get kickbacks, and it means we can keep buying shit for this show yeah, through that. That's a good point. We had to buy this on DriveThruRPG, and this definitely cut out a chunk of our store credit. Oh, yeah. So help us revitalize our store credit with our DriveThruRPG affiliate link. Yeah. If you want to buy a thing, like, you're already buying RPGs. You listen to this, you fucking nerd. <laughs> Use the link. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come on down and join us. We'd really appreciate that. All right. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you over there in the bonus content. And until then, you all have a really good one. Well, I got a brand new pair. Wiener skates. You got a brand new Ween. I think that we should get together and Review newer games. 